This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, yo. Let's talk about nothing but quarterbacks. All quarterbacks, all the time. Quarterback, 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 quarterback. Quarterback. Kenny Pickett played okay for the Steelers in his first NFL start. Not great, not bad, but... Okay, some have said he played great, but I'm afraid I've got some bad news. You got to score points. Pickett scored three at Buffalo. You got to throw touchdown passes. Pickett has none in six quarters. Pickett's going to be fine. He's a talent. He's got guts. He battled. But let's talk about what we see and the stats. And not exaggerate. Cooper Rush is 4-0 at Dallas this year. Should Dak go right back in when he's healthy? Dak shouldn't, but Dak will. How about the boy toy? The MILF hunter, Zach Wilson. Two starts this year, two wins. But Josh Allen from Buffalo, he's the best quarterback. Patrick Mahomes has all the throws. But Allen is the best. Brady is ruthlessly efficient. Just one interception thrown so far this year. Justin Herbert has big numbers, and the L.A. Chargers are 3-2. and two. Kirk Cousins will be the MVP, because I bet it that way at the Bet Rivers Casino on the north side of Pittsburgh. Yes, Kirk Cousins will be the MVP at plus 4,000. So it has been said so it will come to pass. But the big issue with quarterbacks is roughing the passer because it depends on what passer. You could rough Kenny Pickett. You can't rough Tom Brady. You can't rough Derek Carr. How about those calls? Yikes. But the Penguins open up on Thursday, and that's what matters. Arizona stinks. That's who visits PPG Paints Arena on Thursday. The Penguins will win. The Penguins will be 1-0. Not 1-4. 1-0. Maybe. My name is Mark Madden. This is a podcast. It's brought to you by Bet Rivers. I'm supposed to be what? Unfiltered on this thing? I'm not aware of any time I'm filtered, but heck, if that's what it's called, I can certainly go over the top, but... I beseech you on behalf of Bet Rivers, bet now from anywhere. I'm joined now by my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, uh, 
Let's talk about the redefinition of the roughing the passer penalty in the National Football League. It's not what's done, it's who it's done to, apparently. Apparently. I wasn't necessarily shocked that they called the one that they called on Brady because it's Tom Brady. He's the 45-year-old wonder kid. He's always going to get those calls, even though it was an abysmal call. But last night with Chris Jones sacking and forcing a fumble on Derek Carr, that was the first time I've ever seen a defensive player holding the football and then get called for roughing the passer. Yeah, history was definitely made. Uh, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News, our buddy, he said, hey, Jones fell on Carr with all his weight. You're not supposed to do that, but but he made a play. He got the ball. I mean, don't things change when the ball comes out? I think it's supposed to. And what in the hell was Chris Jones supposed to do when he gets around his block, sees number four's backside, he's got him dead to rights. Is he supposed to just lay up and kind of just hug him a little bit and bear hug him and say, oh, I got you. Blow the whistle, ref. He's down. It's ridiculous. The whole, oh, he threw his whole weight down on him. It's football. Isn't that how you tackle somebody? By throwing your whole weight down on them? Well, now it's flying under the radar because Kansas City won anyway. If Kansas City hadn't won, I think it would have been made into a much bigger deal. But clearly they have to redefine the rule. Actually, that's not the phraseology I'm looking for. They've got to call the rule consistently, whatever it is, because who it is shouldn't matter. And while I don't have a problem with them protecting Brady, the contrast between what happened to Brady and got called and what happened to Kenny Pickett and did not, it, it is striking. Very striking, but not, again, not surprising. Rookie quarterbacks who have some mobility to them aren't going to be protected by the refs until they prove that they belong in the league, and Kenny is far from that. Gene Steratore, another one of our buddies, the king of Washington County, he said this isn't a rule book problem. These refs are just sucking right now. They're not interpreting the rule book the way that it should be, and I think you're right. I think the names on the back of the jerseys are influencing the referees. To be fair, Steratore just likes burying everybody. Now that he's in the booth. Yeah, it makes himself look good, the job he did <laughs> when he refed. Um, uh, yeah, the Kenny thing, I mean, you know, he did get rough. There should have been flags. I didn't take much stock in him, like, you know, taking a punch at the guy and James Daniels jumping in there. Don't get me wrong. It's what they both should have done. But people... You know, cited that as evidence of the Steelers' fighting spirit. Well, if if that was fighting spirit, it's the only evidence I saw all day. That was the only game I've seen, maybe ever. I can't think of another one where both teams quit. The Steelers <laughs> quit because they getting killed. The Bills quit because they got bored. How could you say it's a sign of the fighting spirit in the Steelers when there were two Steelers fighting? It was just Daniels and just Kenny Pickett. And then Kenny Pickett ran away after a little bit because that's what the quarterback has to do. No one else really jumped into that scrum. Daniels was sitting on the Bills' sidelines behind a wall of Buffalo Bills players by himself for like 10 seconds. No one came to his aid. The team doesn't fight. It, 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 the only thing to me that it showed is that Kenny Pickett, the NFL's not too big for him. He can take the hits from these guys and shake them off and then bark back a little bit. Oh, like I said in the monologue, he played good. He just got to get more than three points. He yes. got to have more than no touchdown passes in <laughs> in six quarters. Um, how about Arthur Millette calling the Steelers out, saying that they were laughing and smiling on the sidelines while they're getting beat 38-3? to And some people said, well, he's barely been here. 
and it is only a second year with the team, but maybe it's somebody from outside that needs to point that out. Maybe because no one internally is doing it. It was upsetting to me to hear that it was Arthur Millette that did that. Why isn't it Minka? Why isn't it Cam Hayward? You know, why aren't those guys the ones that are getting into these guys' faces and saying, you don't laugh on the sideline when you're down 38-3 to in an NFL football game? It's not the time and place for that. So I love the fire that Millette shows, but, I mean, no offense to Millette, he's kind of a nobody. Why aren't the real leaders stepping up? Yeah, Maybe Millette is the real leader now. That, that doesn't mean what he says is wrong, but no, I agree. No, not at all. And then you had Cam, who who retweeted something critical of Tomlin, uh. and then Cam said he butt-tweeted. There's no way to butt-tweet. He's lying. Cam got mad, retweeted something he agreed with, thought better of it, made up an excuse, and I understand him you know, backtracking, but that's what he's doing, backtracking. Absolutely. He could have also meant to switch to his burner account to retweet that and just forgot to switch over accounts. That's a theory that I'm working on as well. I don't have a burner account. I I, I, I don't either. I don't see the point of it. That's just a waste of time. What what's what good does a burner account do? Just self entertainment, I think. That's the only thing it could do. Because who's who's no one's gonna know it's you. So the only person you'd be entertaining with your quips back at somebody is Yourself. Uh, I would have gone with the, my toddler took the phone and retweeted an excuse if I was Cam Hayward. Blame it on the kid. That's what I would always do. I would have gone like, look, F Tomlin. Who'd who'd he ever beat? (laughs) I retweeted it on purpose. That guy sucks. Um, Here's a couple very pointed Steeler questions as we we look at the reality of one and four and things probably not getting much better. First off, are the Steelers dead? Is their season over? I think it is. I think they're going to be lucky if they're not one and seven at the bye. I think Brady and Tampa and Brady haven't played great, but he's very comfortable playing at that stadium at Acrisure. Doesn't he look at this game as the get right game too? And he's also going to smell blood. That's what I mean. Like, like you know, he's okay. These guys are are, are playing a lot worse yeah. than us, even though we want to be a lot better. So I think that that's just about a lock for Tampa. They could beat Miami if neither quarterback gets healthy. Yeah, that Skylar Thompson kid plays. They but what got if a they chance. lose anyway? That's not far-fetched. Miami, wh- who's to say that St- Skylar Thompson plays in Miami just doesn't run the ball right down their throats? Let's say that, that Skylar Thompson is the quarterback for Miami when they play the Steelers in a couple weeks. Yeah. What's the line on that game? Who's favored? I bet the Dolphins are favored by like one. Yeah, just like a Just token. like a pick kind of game, but yeah. maybe one point to the Dolphins. Which would say a lot about the Steelers. Yes, it would. Uh so do you think they're dead? Steelers season over. Yeah, it's over. I mean What's the best they can do? The best. Five wins? Yeah, I, I said seven when Watt was healthy. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. I think five's a stretch without Watt even. It's going to be so Steelers, though, to be one and seven heading into this bye. People are going to start licking their chops on, oh, maybe you get the number one overall pick. You can trade back. You can get a couple first-round picks. And then they're going to win like six games against the weaker schedule down the stretch and just totally ruin their draft position. Yeah, that would be absolutely like them. Um, did Trubisky get screwed? Yeah, but I don't think he's very good anyway. Yeah, yeah, he let himself get screwed, but... He definitely got screwed. But, but you see, I I think if Tomlin... First off, we can backtrack. If they had any thought of drafting a quarterback, they shouldn't have signed Trubisky and just had Rudolph be the transition quarterback. Second off, once they did go to camp with all three quarterbacks, if Tomlin had any notion he was going to go to pick it if things turned to crap in the first half of the season... Before the bye week, he should have just started Pickett in the first place. Him going to Pickett at halftime of the Jets game after Pickett got no reps the week before with the first team is just such a transparent quasi-panic yeah. in an effort to try and save a season that probably can't be saved anyway. And now putting Pickett in a position to fail against a really tough schedule. 
And it wasn't really Trubisky's fault in the Jets game that they were down 10-6. to He had a couple of maybe his best passes of the season that just were dropped. The receivers weren't coming through for him. And if Deontay gets his foot down... It's a completely different ball game. There's no way he gets benched. Trubisky's still the quarterback right now. Right, right now. now. Because it doesn't matter what happened in Buffalo. Like, Trubisky could have sucked just as bad and only scored three points, but it's Buffalo, so well, you're not going to bench it, him. What would happen in Buffalo was Trubisky would have played, and they would have got killed, and Pickett would have mopped up, but then Trubisky would have started against uh, Tampa th- against yeah. Tampa this, this coming week, yeah. So, yeah, he got a raw deal for sure. But, uh, like you said, he didn't do himself any favors. It's not like he was, you know, the reason why the Steelers won that first game against Cincinnati, and then he got benched. Uh, we we got to talk about, um, and you pronounce his last name much better than me, so I'm going to let you, Izzy from Pitt. Abanaconda. 320 yards against Virginia Tech, broke the Tony Dorsett single-game rushing record, the touchdowns record. Is he that good, or was that just a big yardage game against a team that's not great? I thought that going into the game that Virginia Tech sucked, but as Abanaconda was racking up the yards, people were pointing out on Twitter, they're the 25th-ranked rushing defense in college football. So if Virginia Tech does anything well, it might be stopping the run. Pitt's got an offensive line full of a bunch of like 26-, 27-year-olds. So it's like a bunch of grown men just pushing teenagers around out there. And Abanaconda is that good. He'll go in the second round, I think, in the NFL draft if he leaves early from Pitt, or he'll go to USC for $3 million. So the offensive line is like... Uh... Ben Affleck in the movie Days to Confuse. That's right. Who had to repeat a great. That's absolutely right. Uh, you, you think Izzy will go to another school? He'll take the transfer portal somewhere else. See, I would That'd think... That would be great if that happened. I think, oh, my God. I would be so happy if that happened. I think it's a lock that he's out of Pitt next year. Like, what year is he in? He's a junior. So I think he's going to the NFL. That's At the very least, he's going to the NFL. But now with this NIL money... You know, you can go to a good college in Ohio State, a Clemson, and get paid $3 million to try to win a national championship. So that's on the table for him for sure. But if I had a hunch, I bet he'd go to the NFL. Well, what what round do you think he'd be picked in if he goes if he goes to the draft, the, the next available one after this season? See, he doesn't strike me as a Saquon or a Zeke where you're going to pick him in the first round. So late first, early second probably because I think he's going to be one of the top backs in the class. But people don't use early picks on backs unless you're – like a Barkley or an So he might be smarter to go to, to like to Clemson and get like three million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean that because that, that would be more than he'd get as a rookie in the NFL if he's in the second round. Correct. You know what? If I got nil money, I'd want it in cash, <laughs> so I could like wa- I'd like put it in, a, in like a big like whirlpool tub and just wallow in it, like like Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. Ever see that cartoon? Yeah, like swan dive into the cash. In the money that'd be great. Um. Uh, now. Moving on to hockey, because we got hockey thank going God. on. Yeah, thank God. Uh, how are the Penguins different this year? That, that's one thing I've been, I've been thinking of at length. How are they different? Because they do have a better defense, a bigger defense. That's it, right? It's the blue line. That's yeah, where the but change the forwards happen. are exactly the same. Exactly the same. And the bottom six worries you. The injury problems with the guys in the top six worries you. But the big difference is on that blue line. They're going to have, what, three different pairs on the defensive side of things? Well, so, no, Latang and Dumoulin are the old oh, firm. That's right. They always they'll, play together. together. But the bottom two are going to be different, which but then is good. Petrie and Pedersen, and I think that has a Twin Towers feel because they're yes. both 6'3". And Petrie's got some offense to his game. And then POJ and uh, and Rudda. And uh, that's a good fit with POJ skating and Rudda's size. And I really like Ruido as a 7. Yeah, well, that's what he should be. And I, I give that guy credit because, like, last year he played almost all the games. Right. And this year he's going to play very few of the games. But, you know, it's a job. And he does it well. Yeah, and he gets— He accepts his role. Yeah, it's better than playing beer league and 
and working at the effing Chrysler factory. Here I come, to quote Slapshot. They took your advice, though, sending Ty Smith down to circumvent well, the cap. Keep POJ I don't know up. if it was my advice, but I, I, I kind of thought it would happen. Yeah. Because they would have preferred to keep Ty Smith over POJ. But POJ had to clear waivers if he went down, which he would not have done. Somebody would have claimed him, so they sent Ty Smith down because he did not have to clear waivers. That said, I think it's good that POJ gets a shot. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves, what, a 20-game stretch to just see what he can do. And if it's just not going to work out for him in the Penguins in the NHL, then you do send him down waivers and you don't care if a team claims him? No. No, because you don't want to be put in a position... Where if one of your left side defensemen gets hurt, you don't have him anymore. You don't have him anymore. So how so, would you do that? Like how would you work around it? Because I think you're right. They want Ty Smith. Well, don't up forget here. if a left-handed defenseman gets hurt, you can put him on IR yes. and get cap relief and call Ty Smith up. So I don't know. I think it's probably a matter of seeing how POJ does. If he does good, maybe they trade him. If he does real good, maybe they resume their efforts to trade Pedersen. Another thing that's a little bit different that I'm interested in, and who knows how long this will last, but Crosby playing with Raquel on the first line. Yeah, it won't last. You think Russ will go back up? Crosby prefers to play with Sid. I I, I think that they want Russ speed with Geno. Yeah. But I like Raquel with Sid. I think it can work. Uh, I, I Although people acted like... Raquel played great last year. He scored four goals in 21 games after joining the Penguins. And then he got hurt and you didn't have him in the playoffs. He hasn't had a 30-goal season dating back, like, what, four or five years? So I think Raquel can do real good. I'm just not as automatic in thinking that as some. Yeah, I could definitely see three, four weeks into the season, the line's not producing like Sid thinks it should, especially with the Raquel and Sid connection being like, I need 17 back. Three, four weeks? Try try three, four games, if, <laughs> if that. Um my big key to the season, and I, and I think he's capable of it, so I'm not, you know, just, just blowing smoke. I think Jari has to go from a very good goalie with good stats to a goalie who can steal big games, like playoff games. Just go in there and win the occasional game that the Penguins should not. Like a 2-1 to one game or something like that. Yeah. Just stymie the other team. He's definitely got the skill set to do that. And I really liked, I know he was a shell of himself in Game 7 last year. He rushed himself back early to try to play in that game, and he played hurt. But I saw a little bit more confidence in him in that playoff game than the Islanders series. You know, he's up at the top of his crease. He's pushing people around who are in New York jersey. So yeah. had, I think had, the confidence foot, is there. Though. It was well, hard to evaluate yeah. at all. But I like that the confidence was there, and it's just a matter of realizing his potential now at this point because potentially they've always thought he was a top-five caliber goalie. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, right now, like I said, I think Jari can step up. Yeah. Whereas I think the guy I'm going to compare him to won't. I think he is what he is. Deontay Johnson's the guy <laughs> who was always going to have his numbers even out, you know, his yards receiving. He'll and his, sniff a thousand yards. Yeah, and his number of receptions, but he'll never catch the ball you need him to, and you won't win because of him. That's what Jari's been up till now, but I think he can take the next step, whereas I don't think, I don't think Johnson's capable of that. But if you look at Jari's stats, he was uh, – you know, the three major categories, he was top six and two and top yeah. eight in the in the other. So, you know, he's got the numbers. He just has to make the numbers count more. Do you think he could catch the ball on third down beyond the sticks, though? <laughs> I, don't the think I don't think they would throw to the sticks, not even to Tristan <laughs> Jari. Okay, um, we'll get to uh, five guys in just a minute. But I have I have my top three list, which is is lazy podcasting, and I <laughs> I, I really like it. But I got, uh, which do you want first, top three ice cream flavors or top three TV hockey studio guys. Let's go with ice cream flavors. Okay. See, now to me, and obviously it's all based on personal preference, but my top three are Oreo cookies and cream. Love it. That's on mine. Which which I lump together. I lumped that with all cookies and cream. So good. I'll tell you what, though. What is the, uh, 
You know the vanilla Oreos? That's not what they call them, but the ones with the with the white cookie. I do know what you're talking about. They're they're not they're like the knockoff Oreos, right? No, no, no. These are Oreo brand, but they have like vanilla cookies. And the middle's still vanilla, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just the inside I, out Oreos. I, I don't know what it's called, but I've tasted those in Oreo cookies and cream along with the regular Oreos, like a combination. Yeah. Like that's an Anthony's ice cream in Green Tree, which is near where our old studio was. But uh, but but um, that's my number one. But just generally speaking, because that's a that's a one off at one place. Oreo cookies and cream. Number two, salted caramel. Mm, not a huge fan of caramel, but I would eat salted caramel if it was presented to me. I'm not a hater. I'm not a huge fan of salt with something sweet, but I don't know why the caramel offsets that. I think it's really good. And number three, this is so easy, but vanilla. I, it's I just think, the classic. Yeah, it's a and, and like. Chocolate ice cream tends to be either too chocolate or not chocolate enough. Anybody who makes it never finds the happy medium. No, that's correct. They they never do. But I, I would prefer a just straight vanilla ice cream over a lot of different variations of ice cream. It's well, not on my top three, though. And I left chocolate chip off because it's too close to Oreo. That's fair. My number well, I had cookies and cream, so that's on my list, too. Moose Tracks. Love Moose Tracks. See, now, Moose Tracks is real similar to cookies and cream, too, right? Nah, it's got fudge in there. You got a little peanut butter cup in there as well. Oh, is there a peanut There's butter peanut cup? There's peanut butter cups. They, do, they make a brownie version, too, so you can get brownie bits oh, as well. Oh, uh, I'd go for the brownie version. Okay. And then my third one, Superman-flavored ice cream. You can get it at Scoops on Beverly and any really other scoops around here. Superman-flavored? Yep. It's Blue Moon, Red Pop, and Vanilla. And they're all dyed blue, red, and yellow. So if you can see on the picture here, it looks like Superman's colors while you eat it. It's delicious. Red, white, and blue. Yep. That's also America's uh, colors. Red, now. yellow, and blue. Oh, red, yellow, yes. and blue. That might be America's colors at this point. Now, um, yeah, but here's my argument with that. Aren't those three flavors mixed into one? Eh, semantics. That's like Neapolitan ice cream. You know <laughs> I what I mean? I do love Neapolitan ice I cream. I do too, but it's three ice creams. All right. Well, if you want to trip me up on a technicality, then I'd give you chocolate chip peanut or chocolate peanut butter as my third. Uh, I'm not tripping. No, I'm just saying. Like I'm, I'm, I'm parsing for the sake of, frankly, <laughs> filling podcast time. Okay. Uh, top three now for TV hockey studio guys. This is a tough one because there are people I leave off because they're not in studio enough. Okay. Okay. But my number one is John Butchergross from ESPN. Yep. Just writing him down. Bucci. And I don't think anybody else is close. Do you? Now that Pierre's out of the game, pretty much? Right. Yeah, no one's close. Like, Pierre's off my list because he's out of the game. He's not in it yet. Right. But he might be coming back this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Maybe, no. like, on TSN or something like that. I think we would have heard about it by now. It's true. You know what Pierre's a victim of, and it's a shame, because he's so good, uh, Twitter doesn't like him. Yeah. So the network see that and assume that, that Oh, you no know, one likes this guy. Right. Meanwhile, I am so hated on Twitter, and I've never enjoyed an unpleasant moment <laughs> with a fan in public. You know, for years. Right. You know, because Twitter reflects such a small, neurotic segment of the population. It's the vocal minority on Twitter, yes. It's the stupid vocal minority. Okay, so I got Bucci number one because he can make – one thing about him, he can make any guest interesting. He can raise up any coast. For example, he made Tortorella entertaining last year on that ESPN show. What's it called? The Point. Yep. Uh, so Even I though got, Torts wanted to kill him every time he brought the chicken parm out to do the chicken parm segment. That Well, yeah, but Torts, if you don't get Torts mad, what's the point? Right. That's part of Bucci's good work. Number two, Rick Tockett. I had Tockett written down and as X well. the Penguins. Uh, he not only, um, well, who's the guy Who's the guy they got on that show that looks like Steve Eiserman? Hmm. On the TNT crew? 
Yeah. Well, I know it's Biz, I know it's Gretzky, I know it's Anson, and I know it's Yeah, but they have, a, they have a media guy who acts like he's oh, the quarterback. Oh, oh uh, Liam McHugh. Liam McHugh, right. Even though he's the quarterback for that show, Talk is like a secondary quarterback because he gets everybody else involved. You know He's the I mean? Gretzky, Gretzky whisperer too, right? Yeah, like he can get Wayne talking a little he bit more. Elevates Gretzky, entertaining, Gretzky entertaining, yes. right? So, so I, I put and plus Talkett's Talkett's knowledge as a player and what he accomplished. It's it's um, you know there are guys in 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 on ESPN like Messier has done even more than Talkett, but Talkett makes his experience relatable. Yeah, I don't like Messier. Very he much. makes uh, Mess tries too hard. You think? Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, and I think he means well, but he tries too hard. Talk makes everything accessible and light. And my third, and it's and he's not in studio much, is Barry Melrose. He really has cut back a little bit, hasn't yeah. he? That's a shame too. Barry's no young guy. That's true. Uh, but but I, I find his his insight and his uh, pithiness, his folksiness, his Canadian folksiness, just just so good. Yeah, I can't really argue any of those three guys on the list. I think those are the gold standards right there. Now, besides Pierre, you know who I have in there too, but but they're not on enough. Is Steve Levy. Yeah, he never gets to go. And really. Linda Cohn. They're both fantastic. Yeah. I'd love to see ESPN work them into the fold more. Yeah. Uh, I'd prefer to see Linda Cohn and Steve Levy doing hockey over Messier and Chelios. Agreed. And the Levy Lounge was one of the most brilliant bits that they did. Him and, and Barry Melrose with the yeah. velvet rope as they talked hockey. It was beautiful. Yeah. They're, no, they're that but, but, like, you know, to me that shows that ESPN doesn't understand, well, maybe they do understand – they don't think hockey's a big deal. Well, I think that was illustrated last year when they, what, had the opening games on ESPN, and then it was like five months until it was on the main ESPN network again. I haven't looked real close at what the schedule's like this year. Have you? I know that they play tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday for the, the quote-unquote opening night because they played in, what, Sweden last week. But they're on ESPN. Nobody knew about those games right. either, which is so NHL. But they're on ESPN for the first two games tonight, the Kings and the Knights, and then I think the Lightning plays the Rangers. So that's ESPN, but I'm sure it'll fall off like last year, and until football season's over, they're just going to bury them on ESPN+. Plus. Well, and, and to that end, like, you know, Steve Levy does stuff like, you know, he's done Monday Night Football, he's done, you know, a lot of football. Yeah. They think that's more important. That's where they think he's better used. It might be more important as far as the money that it drives into the network, but I think Levy's better as a hockey guy. But he's good at football. I don't want that to come across like I'm bashing him, like, oh, he stinks at football. He's great at football. Yeah, he's just good, period. Yes. But but I but I think that the people we're talking about, like, forget about the ex-players, ex-coach like Barry. Barry played in the league, too. Uh, guys like Bucci, um, uh, Levy, and Linda Cohn, they know hockey. Yes. And that's such a rare commodity among people who, who are like, quote, unquote, real journalists. And then Pierre is just like a savant when it comes yes. to hockey. You can't beat that guy's knowledge. Telling you what prep school this player went to 15 years ago, it's unbelievable. Nobody, I have trouble thinking of anybody in media who got screwed worse than Pierre. Yeah, it's so weird that when this network change happened last year, he didn't find himself with a seat in the musical chairs. Yeah, yeah, it, it's weird, and it's beginning to look it's like... It's like you said, it's the Twitter thing. It's the people hate him on social media, and that's all the network heads see. Yeah, no no question. And, it, it, and like, now it looks permanent because, you know, he worked with Ottawa that one year. Right. But I, I kind of think, he'd never say this, I, I think he worked with Ottawa because he didn't get, you know, any network job. He would have rather been, you know, behind the glass doing what about, he always does. I don't know about does. rather, but, I mean, you know, I, I think that probably would have paid more. Probably than the Ottawa job, yeah, probably. I do. He was just a front office like consultant there, right? 
Uh, yeah, he was a little higher up the food chain than, than that. that. But okay. Yeah, but I, I feel bad for Pierre because I think he's I think he's mustard. I think he does really well. Okay, let's go to top five. All right, five, Wait, no, five guys. Pardon me. Five guys today. We're sticking with the sports movie theme. We're going with broadcasters in a sports movie. Oh, this is good because I have a few in mind already. Let me just say to remind everybody, we're bought to you by by Bet Rivers, Bet Now from anywhere. Uh, we don't plug them enough during the podcast, but I got to figure if you come to the podcast, you're aware it's a Bet Rivers podcast. A big old Bet Rivers sign in your face on the logo that we right. that you see. Uh, Little cheating on this one because I put duos in for a couple of them. Because how could you not put the duo yeah, in? Yeah, okay. Well, I can think of one right there. I bet I know your first duo. I don't think you do. My number one is going to be Fouts and Musburger from Waterboy. Last game of the year. Can't hold anything back. Oh, yeah. The fact that Fouts got mad. He said, shut up, Brent. Shut up, Brent. Or he's like, wow, the Waterboy really knocked the poop out of him there. And Brent's like, poop? I wouldn't put them number one, though. Well, that might be my worst one. Oh, okay. I okay. go from reverse order, yeah. Okay, you go in, that's right, you go in ascending order. Okay, no, they were excellent. And they they actually, I don't know how to describe this. That was obviously a silly slapsticky movie. And the way they worked, it was like it was like Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson. In that same movie, yeah. They were just credible enough. Just, you know what I mean? They, they were silly, but you never forgot who they were and what they did. Whereas in The Replacements, I think Summerall and Madden tried to do a little bit of that silliness, especially when Madden's doing the telestrator for the fumble Ruski touchdown that Falco finally picked up and ran in, but they didn't have that, you know, Fouts and Musburger chemistry. So they're not on your list. They uh, didn't make my list. Okay. Uh, I, I, I do like some of the Madden drops in, 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 the, in the Replacements. I think that guy's smoking. <laughs> Nigel. Yeah. All right, number two, Cotton and Pepper from Dodgeball. Yeah, no question. They Have were to brilliant. be in there. They were brilliant. Pepper needs new shorts. And it's easy to forget that's Jason Bateman. Doesn't so even, easy. Doesn't even look anything like Jason Bateman. And the, uh, and Ouchtown, population you, bro. He will not be able to see very well, Cotton. Jason Bateman, I don't know if he's underrated because he's been in a lot of great movies. It gets a lot of you know big paydays. But there's so many movies where you underestimate him like well actually he was the star did you see extract no oh it's it's mila kunis uh i've heard it's pretty ben good Affleck, yeah, it's it's one of the most underrated best comedies the last 10 15 years jason bateman's phenomenal uh i loved arrested development his tv yes, show he was yes. incredible in that. and gary cole playing the straight man in dodgeball like even though he had his punchlines, he kind of like set up pepper more often than well, that's not true either. No, because Cotton does the thing where he's like, uh, I've once even seen a grown man pleasure a camel, but I have never seen double sudden death overtime in this match. Gary Cole's fruit proof. I, I have like very mixed emotions about Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. But he's great as he's, Reese Bobby. He's great in it. I, I thought that uh, in that movie, <laughs> I thought that Sasha Baron Cohen ruined the movie. Yeah, not he told ruined me that. the movie, but I thought his character took away from... Look- I, I didn't enjoy his character. That's a better way to put it. Well, the movie was just completely bashing the culture behind NASCAR. And then you drop this French guy in the middle of it, and it's like... And eh. NASCAR cooperated, too. Yeah, but... Which the- shows how <laughs> dumb NASCAR is. <laughs> All right, number three. Maybe this is the two you were thinking of. Lou Redwood and Dick Pepperfield. They're unbelievable. They're the best. I, they might be the best. Well, second best, because who I have last, you'll see, is the Will, king. Will, Will Arnett. I mean, both of them. I mean, that, it's like... And Dick, Dick Pepperfield interviewing... Will Farrell, you know, before the last game? Yes. It was just like he is such a great old timey with the voice. Yeah. And with the dress too. Yes, absolutely. He dressed like with the loud jackets. They just have such a great rapport between the two where Arnett, that one line where he's like, Jackie Moon's done more for this city than anybody alive and Pepperfield just got sitting he's like, Well, with the possible exception of maybe Henry Ford, yes, Jackie <laughs> Moon has done a lot for Flint. 
I just saw Henry Ford uh, talked about not real uh, favorably in a documentary. Really? Yeah, the, it's, uh. it's uh, Ken Burns' uh, Holocaust documentary. Because uh. Henry Ford was a Nazi. I've heard that, I yes. Mean, yeah, yeah, but, you know, it, I mean... <laughs> I'm not sure I can go past there. I mean, once you say he's a Nazi, we're just going to move on. Yeah, there's nothing else you could say about him. All right, that's it. That's an excellent documentary, by the way. The Ken Burns one. Ken Burns. Yeah. Well, I mean, every Ken Burns yeah. documentary. All right, that's it for the duos. Solo acts now. Number four, Buck Laughlin, Best in Show. I mean, how are you going to beat that? I never guy? saw Best in Show. No, that's the dog one, right? Yes. Yeah, I never saw. You love it. it. You love it. I mean, I think you love all the actors in that. Fred Willard is Buck Laughlin. He's it, he's brilliant. It, it uh, is hard Eugene to believe Levy. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Wow. I am shocked that you haven't seen that movie. Sorry. I, well, my, Are you a Christopher Guest fan, or have you yes, seen some absolutely. of his other stuff? Oh, Spinal oh, Tap. Oh, my God. You're going to love it, then. you got to watch Tap. Best in Show. I will make a point to watch it, although I guarantee that, that my answer I have here to add to the list, you will not. In fact, I know for a fact, because we already we talked have one about more, the movie. Yeah. We kind of know who's coming, but... Buck Laughlin, he just makes all these references to other sports during the dog. Like he's like, this is like their game seven in the World Series, right? Or he's like, what dog would you want to play wide receiver for your football team out here? By by the way, um, uh, since you mentioned Christopher Guest, who was in Spinal Tap, yeah. I got to get a Spinal Tap reference. It was the perfect tweet, and I'm not sure why. While the Steelers were getting, did you see Spinal Tap? No. Oh, you suck. You see, haven't seen Best in Show. There's no Spinal Tap. Is much better, but in fact, there's no point in me even telling this joke, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, number five, Harry Doyle, Major League. Yes, no question. Bob Uecker, no the question. best. No, and and I want to throw Monty in there as a sidekick. The sidekick? Yeah. You yeah. can't say goddamn on the radio. Don't no worry, one's listening. nobody's listening. Yeah, Euchre was great, and, and the best part is, have you ever heard Euchre do baseball? No, I haven't. Euchre was playing himself. Really? Like okay, he's I mean, that fun when he's oh, doing the broadcast? Yeah, without the curse words. And drinking. Like Well, uh, maybe the drinking. Who was it? Somebody told me a bunch of Euchre stories in the booth, like about how he'd say, you know, geez, I was with this I can't use the language, but you know, just like, you know, he just he would just he would just like tell these incredibly off color stories <laughs> during like the time between innings and then go right back to baseball. Like, you know, not even flinch. Like, you know, it'd just be, seamlessly. He goes, Yeah, we had these three blah blah blah. Okay, we're back. Uh, Gibson still on the mound for St. Louis, <laughs> but he was but he was so much fun when he did baseball too. We had a lot of fun announcers in Pittsburgh for baseball. Bob Prince and Nellie King, back when I was a kid, were so good. I thought Lanny was good. And I think Greg Brown and Bob Walker good. Yeah, I think, I think Brownie's great. Well, I think they do the right amount of selling a crappy product without damaging their own credibility, which is an incredibly tough job to do. I can't believe Euchre's still with us. See, eighty-eight years old. See, I I would have had. Uh, I would have had Dick Pepperfield and, and, and Lou Redwood as number one. You think they're better than Doyle? I just think Doyle's the, the, the all-time classic. Well, and he did. He did. Uh, was he in Major League Three? I know he was in two, but I'm not sure about three. Yeah, three was good. You did like you... three better than two, don't you? I've yes, never seen three. I, yeah, three was a total. It, it had some of the same characters, but but uh, like um, Roger Dorn was in it. Okay. Uh, did, Serrano, I think, was in it too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Some of the lesser characters, because right. they were the ones who wanted to make, you know, a movie that was <laughs> Another movie, probably yeah. lower budget. Yeah. Okay, here's one, here's one, but you never saw Slapshot. I have, but it's been a while. Jim Carr. I thought about him when I was making this list. Jim Carr. Yeah. I may be bald, but at least I'm not chicken scratch. <laughs> oh, he didn't say scratch. He was he was excellent. I'm trying to think of any any other ones. Uh, uh in the new longest yard, Chris Berman has a good bit where he's with the prisoner in the booth. Yeah, but the new longest yard was so corny compared did you see the original? 
No. The, 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 the prison, the, in the original, one of the prisoners announced by himself doing play-by-play, and he did it straight, which meant he didn't do it straight. You know what I mean? Right. He was still it, a prisoner. It worked as a comedically because he's a prisoner calling the game, right, exactly. like he's Chris Berman. Exactly. But the best is like he's he brings him in, and he doesn't say anything, and he's like, hey, Bob, when I bring you in, talk to the folks at home. Make them feel welcome to the booth. And he just gives them that stare, and he's like, or not, you know, or not. Maybe it's because I think Berman sucks. You don't like Boomer. I liked him in like the NFL uh, countdown, you know, the highlight show, the prime time with yeah, uh, but like Teej. But he became a caricature of himself long before he should have become a caricature of himself with all the names and the and and you know, like I I thought in in the Water Boy, okay, when he did like this in studio bit, you know, uh, yeah, like I thought. It showed how stupid he is because he did his normal shtick and it fit in perfectly with perfectly the movie. Perfectly with the movie. And if you watch like the fastest three minutes now that he does at halftime of the Monday Night Football game, it's just a tribute to Bermanisms. It's just a whop, whop all over the place. Hey, cut, go, all yeah. the way. And don't get me wrong. He can do what he wants. I'm at the point in my career now where there are a lot of guys who have been far more successful than me. I just hate what they do. <laughs> but, but, it, but it works. So how can I criticize them really? Well, uh, how much? What, what's our clock at? I don't even. Let's wrap this thing up. No, what's? I mean, we got to give them their money's worth. What's it at? We got like thirty-five minutes worth of content. I think that's their money's minutes. worth. Yeah. Oh well, the hell with it then. We're, we're wait, I'm trying to do euchre. I can't find it. The hell with it. <laughs> that's Tom Offerman. and I'm Mark Madden, and this is Mark Madden Unfiltered. Bet now from anywhere. That is the Bet Rivers credo. You have to live it. You have to love it. You have to learn it. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.